0: chapter five of the chief legatee by anna catherine green this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva chapter five in corridor and in room three quarters of an hour later mr ransom and gerridge stood in close conference before the last mentioned hotel the former was peremptory in what he had to say i haven't a particle of confidence in this newspaper story he declared i haven't much confidence in her letter it is this man who is working us he has a hold on her and has given her this cock-and-bull story to tell a sister a twin sister come to light after fifteen years of supposed burial i find the circumstance entirely too romantic nor does an explanation of this nature fit the conditions she was happy before she saw him in the church he isn't her twin sister i tell you the game is a deep one and she is the sufferer her letters betray more than a disturbed mind they betray a disturbed brain that man is the cause and i mean to wring his secret from him you are sure of his being still in the house he was early this morning he has lived a very quiet life these last few days the life of one waiting he has not even had visitors after that one interview he held with your wife i have kept careful watch on him though a suspected character he has done nothing suspicious while i've had him under my eye that's all right and i thank you but it doesn't shake my opinion as to his being the moving power in this fraud for fraud it is and no mistake of that i am fully convinced shall we go up i want to surprise him in his own room where he cannot slip away or back out leave that business to me i'll manage it if you want to see him in his room you shall but this time the detective counted without his host mr porter was not in his room but in one of the halls they encountered him as they left the elevator he was standing reading a newspaper the disfigured jaw could not be mistaken they stopped where they were and looked at him he was intent absorbed as they watched they saw his hands close convulsively on the sheet he was holding while his lips muttered some words that made the detective look hard at his companion did you hear he cautiously inquired as mr ransom stood hesitating not knowing whether to address the man or not no what did he say do you suppose he is reading that paragraph i haven't a doubt of it and his words were here's a damned lie very much like your own sir mr ransom drew the detective a few steps down the corridor he said that yes i heard him distinctly then my theory is all wrong this man didn't provide her with this imaginary twin sister evidently not and is as surprised as we are and about as much put out look at him nothing yellow there we shall have to go easy with him mr ransom looked and felt a recoil of more than ordinary dislike for the man the latter had put the paper in his pocket and was coming their way his face once possibly handsome for his eyes and forehead were conspicuously fine showed a distortion quite apart from that given by his physical disfigurement he was not simply angry but in a mental and moral rage and it made him more than hideous it made him appalling yet he said nothing and moved along very quietly making to all appearance for his room would he notice them as he went by it did not seem likely instinctively they had stepped to one side and mr ransom's face was in the shadow to both it had seemed better not to accost him while he was in this mood they would see him later but this was not to be some instinct made him turn and mr ransom recognizing his opportunity stepped forward and addressed him by the name under which he had introduced himself at the reception that of his wife's family hazen the effect was startling instead of increasing his anger as the detective had naturally expected it appeared to have the contrary effect for every vestige of passion immediately disappeared from his face leaving only its natural disfigurement to plead against him he approached them and ransom at least was conscious of a revulsion of feeling in his favor there was such restraint and yet such undoubted power in his strange and peculiar personality you know me said he darting a keen and comprehensive look from one to the other we should like a few words with you ventured gerridge this gentleman thinks you can give him very valuable information about a person he is greatly interested in he is mistaken the words came quick and decisive in a not unmelodious voice i am a stranger in new york a stranger in this country i have few if any acquaintances you have one it was now mr ransom's turn a man with no acquaintances does not attend weddings certainly not wedding receptions i have seen you at one my own do you not recognize me mr hazen a twitch of surprise not even ransom could call it alarm drew his mouth still further towards his ear but his manner hardly altered and it was in the same affable tone that he replied you must pardon my short-sightedness i did not recognize you mr ransom did not want to muttered gerridge satisfied in his own mind that this man was only deterred by his marked and unmistakable physiognomy from denying the acquaintanceship just advanced your congratulations did not produce the desired effect continued mr ransom my happiness was short-lived perhaps you knew its uncertain tenure when you wished me joy i remember that your tone lacked sincerity it was a direct attack whether a wise one or not remained to be seen gerridge watched the unfolding drama with interest i have reason to think proceeded mr ransom that the unhappy termination of that day's felicities were in a measure due to you you seem to know my bride very well much too well for her happiness or mine we will argue that question in my room was the unmoved reply the open hall is quite unsuited to a conversation of this nature now said he turning upon them while they were in the privacy of his small but not uncomfortable apartment you will be kind enough to repeat what you just said i wish to thoroughly understand you you have the right returned mr ransom controlling himself under the detective's eye i said that your presence at this wedding seemed to disturb my wife which fact considering the after-occurrences of the day strikes me as important enough for discussion are you willing to discuss it affably and fairly may i ask who your companion is inquired the other with a slight inclination towards gerridge a friend one who is in my confidence then i will answer you without any further hesitation my presence may have disturbed your wife it very likely did but i was not to blame for that no man is to blame for the bad effects of an unfortunate accident oh i don't mean that mr ransom hastened to protest the cause of her very evident agitation was not personal it had a deeper root than that it led or so i believe to her flight from a love she cherished at a moment when our mutual life seemed about to begin the impassive i might almost say set features of this man of violent passions but remarkable self-restraint failed to relax or give any token of the feelings with which he listened to this attack then the news given of your wife in the papers to-night is false was his quiet retort it professes to give a distinct if somewhat fantastic reason for her flight a reason totally different from the one you suggest a reason you don't believe in certainly not it is too bizarre i share your incredulity that is why i seek the truth from you rather than from the columns of a newspaper and you owe me this truth you have broken up my life i that is a strange accusation you make mr ransom possibly but it's one which strikes hard on your conscience for all that this is evident enough even to a stranger like myself i am convinced that if you had not come into her life she would have been at my side to-day now who are you she told me you were a relative she told you the truth i am her nearest relative the story in the paper has a certain amount of truth in it her brother not her sister has come back from the grave i am that brother she was once devoted to me you are yes oh there'll be no difficulty in my proving this relationship i have evidence upon evidence of the fact right in this room with me evidence much more convincing and far less disputable than this surprising twin can bring forward if her identity is questioned georgian had a twin sister but she was buried years ago i was never buried i simply did not return from a well-known and dangerous voyage the struggle i had for life you cannot want the details now has left its indelible impress in the scar which has turned me from a personable man into what some people might call a monstrosity and it is this scar which has kept me so long from home and country it has taken me four years to make up my mind to face again my family and friends and now that i have i find that it would have been better for us all if i had stayed away georgian saw me and her mind wavered in no other way can i account for her wild behaviour since that hour it is all that i have to say sir i think i am almost as much an object of pity as yourself and for a moment he appeared to be so not only to gerridge but to mr ransom himself then something in the man his unnatural coldness the purpose which made itself felt through all his self-restraint reawakened mr ransom's distrust and led him to say your complaint is natural if you are mrs ransom's brother there should be sympathy between us and not antagonism but i feel only antagonism why is this a shrug followed by an odd smile you should be able to account for that on very reasonable grounds said he i do not expect much mercy from strangers it is hard to make your good intentions felt through such a distorted medium as my expression has now become mrs ransom has been here ransom suddenly launched forth within two hours of your encounter under mr fulton's roof she was talking with you in this hotel i have proof positive of that sir i have no wish to deny the fact was the steady answer she did come here and we had a talk it was necessary i wanted money the last phrase was uttered with such grim determination that the exclamation which had risen to mr ransom's lips died in a conflict of feeling which forbade any rejoinder that savoured of sarcasm hazen however must have noted his first look for he added with an air of haughty apology i repeat that we were once very fond of each other ransom felt his perplexities growing with every moment he talked with this man he remembered the money which both he and gerridge had seen in her bag an amount too large for her to have retained very much on her person and following the instinct of the moment he remarked mrs ransom is not the woman to hesitate when a person she loves makes an appeal for money she handed you immediately a large sum i have no doubt she wrote me out a check was the simple but cold answer mr ransom felt the failure of his attempt and stole a glance at Gerridge. the doubtful smile he received was not very encouraging the same thought had evidently struck both the money in the bag was a blind she had carried her cheque-book with her and so could draw on her account for whatever she wished but under what name her maiden one or his ransom determined to find out i do not begrudge you the money said he but mrs ransom's signature had changed a few hours previous to her making out this cheque did she remember this she signed her married name promising to notify the bank at once and you cashed the cheque no sir i am not in such immediate need of money as that i have it still but i shall endeavour to cash it to-morrow some question may come up as to her sanity and i do not choose to lose the only money she has ever been in a position to give me mr hazen you harp on the irresponsible condition of her mind did you see any tokens of this in the interview you had together no she seemed sane enough then a little shocked and troubled but quite sane you knew that she had stolen away from me that she had resorted to a most unworthy subterfuge in order to hold this conversation with you no i had asked her to come and on that very afternoon if possible but i never knew what means she took for doing so i didn't ask and she didn't say but she talked of her marriage she must have said something about an event which is usually considered the greatest in a woman's life yes she spoke of it and of me yes she spoke of you and in what terms i cannot refrain from asking you mr hazen i am in such ignorance as to her real attitude towards me her conduct is so mysterious the reasons she gives for it so puerile she said nothing against you or her marriage she mentioned both but not in a manner that would add to your or my knowledge of her intentions my sister disappointed me sir she was much less open than i wished all that i could make out of her manner and conversation was the overpowering shock she felt at seeing me again and seeing me so changed she didn't even tell me when and where we might meet again when she left she was as much lost to me as she was to you and i am no less interested in finding her than you are yourself i had no idea she did not mean to return to you when she went away from this hotel mr ransom sprang upright in an agitation the other may have shared but of which he gave no token do you mean to say he asked that you cannot tell me where the woman you call your sister is now no more than you can give me the same necessary information in regard to your wife i am waiting like yourself to hear from her and waiting with as little hope had he seen ransom's hand close convulsively over the pocket in which her few strange words to him were lying that a slight tinge of sarcasm gave edge to the last four words but this is not like my wife protested ransom hesitating to accuse the other of falsehood yet evidently doubting him from the bottom of his heart why deceive us both she was never a disingenuous woman in childhood she had her incomprehensible moments observed hazen with an ambiguous lift of his shoulders then as ransom made an impatient move added with steady composure i have candidly answered all your questions whether agreeable or otherwise and the fact that i am as much shocked as yourself by these mad and totally incredible statements of hers about a newly recovered sister should prove to you that she is not following any lead of mine in this dissemination of a barefaced falsehood there was truth in this which both mr ransom and gerridge felt obliged to own yet they were not satisfied even after mr hazen almost against mr ransom's will had established his claims to the relationship he professed by various well-attested documents he had at hand instinct could not be juggled with nor could ransom help feeling that the mystery in which he found himself entangled had been deepened rather than dispelled by the confidences of this new brother-in-law and the maze is at its thickest he remarked as he left a few minutes later with a perplexed garage how shall i settle this new question by what means and through whose aid can i gain an interview with my wife chapter five